Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Friday night edition of Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. And Michelle. We got it right this time. Woohoo! We didn't get it right because I didn't have the uh, the microphone on for Jason. <laughs> and it's Jason. <laughs> and Michelle. Because <laughs> we got to keep it in order. Yeah, right? it's going to be a good night here on Free Talk Live. <laughs> so, <laughs> Jason, apparently, um, you know, f- this is one of the things that we talk about here on Free Talk Live is sort of the the uh, reality radio show aspect of Free Talk Live, which is that. You know, we here not only talk about the ideas of liberty, but many of us get involved in the, um, you know, per- perpetuating the ideas, whether it's through, you know, the political means or the judicial means or in some cases, civil disobedience uh, means. Something happened today, uh, Jason, and you were on hand for it. Right. Well, today is a free speech Friday, uh, like every Friday. And Keen, we've been celebrating this fact uh, for the last three weeks in a row. Um, my Fridays are, are full of free speech. At, at uh, After 4 p.m., I go to Central Square, and I usually like to give a talk. Uh, there's uh, a microphone there. There's amplification. Other people talk. Uh, and then I come on Free Talk Live for three hours. And then after that, there's a uh, live free or dance party uh, that's had. Well, we haven't been disturbed at all. I mean, people, we've been flyering the community. People have been uh, showing up, um, giving talks. So we expect they'll get better and better. Um, there's a lot of young people that show up, but like there were talks about, um, you know, how to improve the community, you know, what we should do for the, uh, the central square, because we're getting a lot of use out of it. So we might as well contribute. There was, there's been cleanups there. And it's so, it's, it's really great to see people come together. Uh, and I'm really glad that free speech Friday can be a platform for that. I heard that the central square was going to be, um, cleaned up from all the, the people that loiter there. That was that's that's what they're calling the free speech speech Friday and stuff. Is they're calling it loitering now? Not just regarding Friday. I I had heard yeah, there's someone a lot talk of, about like just the general. You know, you're you're not to use the common public space for common common public usage. Right. And, I guess. Yeah. So th- this is one aspect of the uh, Central Square that may, maybe people you know don't necessarily know um, about. So that that this is important to talk about. And I think most towns have areas where, that have traditionally been used as areas of uh, speaking and protest. This is essentially the speaker's corner. Mm-hmm. This is where people go to air their grievances on Saturday on uh, Saturdays from uh, eleven to noon for. Decades, it seems like they've had a peace vigil mm-hmm. there, and uh, you know, folks will go up in the gazebo and use that. The people will use the gazebo for a variety of different things, uh, impromptu band concerts. And- yeah, last week there was the Keen Music Festival, and um, bands that were much louder than we could ever be uh, were playing all over the town, including inside the gazebo in Central mm-hmm. Square. That would be the central place. I would imagine the best band got the z- gazebo to some extent, mm-hmm. or um, you know, I mean, it, it's just a thought. So. The and and what what was the so they have they 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 came in and they gave you some kind of trouble. Yeah, two cops uh, pulled up and uh, started making threats. Uh, and they what kind act- of threats. Um, turn off the equipment or you'll get fined. And I asked uh, <laughs> I, I asked the cops if um uh you know what if they had to come back were they prepared to uh, to use violence and of course all options were open uh, for them but i don't know i mean does the city of keene really whatever that is do they want to put themselves in a position to um shut down free speech friday um because it because uh, speech hadn't been permitted uh I, in fairness hey, the those police have a- the, they have a right to free speech they have a right to 
voice their their thoughts and everything. Well, so they should have invited them up into the gazebo to talk. Exactly. So they could have gone up there and said, "Hey, your your speaking is terrible and and I don't like your ice cream and and they could have voiced their opinions just like everyone else gets to." Uh, yeah. The problem is when they start Right. Making threats. So yeah. the, the, what's their complaint come town to? Yeah, the, the bottom line is they don't like people using power there without uh, asking permission. Electricity. Uh, yeah, exactly. So they have these outlets that are in the gazebo. Yeah. And these outlets have kind of been an issue in the past. It seems, it seems like they would like people to ask their permission to use the outlets. But if you use the outlets in sort of a... Uh, I mean, if you just happen to go there as yourself, essentially they don't want groups of people using the electricity that they haven't approved. What do you base that on? Uh, just the experience with them. I mean, if one person goes there and sets up with his laptop mm-hmm. and, you know, he's surfing the Internet from you know, what they offer free Internet downtown. Do they? Uh, and, you know, he's search, surfing the Internet with their power. No one's going to say anything to him. Well, I ran into but, a guy uh, who was concerned about what happened because uh, in addition to the microphone being plugged in, he had plugged his laptop in and he said he does that all the time. He said he had moved here about a month and a half ago uh, within two days of getting to Keene, got a job. He's not a free stater, um, but he's, he's down with Free Speech Friday. And uh, so they unplugged his computer, you know, that he was using. And he thought, he said, hey, I thought it was a public service, you know, that Keen provided. They have outlets open under this gazebo and we see people plug them in all the time. I'm just, you know, I guess you have to ask the question, why harass people on Free Speech Friday? Um, There was somebody that gave a talk about um, police tactics, um, their opinion on how to handle the police. Um, And again, this happened less than an hour ago. So um, there is going to be content posted at freekeen.com. I took a lot of video and I'll be editing um, that this evening. Now, what about, have you spoken to Jeff, who, I don't know his last name, but he's out on Saturdays and has been every Saturday for 10 years in Keene Square doing a peace rally? Um, is that the same as the anti-war rally? Yes. Yeah. Um, I would like to go to that. I've heard about that. There's a, um, at the Keene Activism Center, there's a big banner for uh, supporting Bradley Manning, and I think that mm-hmm. could make a presence there. Yeah, I think it's at 11 on Saturdays. Mm-hmm. And, 11 at noon. Mm-hmm. And, um... Jeff's a, a nice man. I, I saw him over at a gas station getting gas for my boat one day, and he made some comment about how I was talking to my kids, and he said, wow, you, like, teach your kids about liberty? <laughs> you know, I mean, people watch everything you do, right? And that got into the conversation about, uh, you know, whether or not guns should be legalized and, and whether or not um, we ought to be in wars, et cetera, et cetera. And um, he's very knowledgeable and a really interesting person to talk to. Right. He should uh, come to Free Speech Friday. It uh, may or may not be amplified. Oh, I should mention that uh, after the police left... By the uh, way, a, a bullhorn would solve whatever problems uh, they had as far as... I mean, they've essentially moved you into the realm of bullharding. Right? Actually, that's a good point, although it's not as classy as a microphone. It's not, but what... what I mean, it's either that or run a generator. Um, it's, I, you know, I mean, I... I can see how it's, quote-unquote, their power. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I also see how it's the tragedy of the commons. Really, I can use all the facilities here at the park except the facility of this outlet right here. Right. I mean, so it's it's interesting. I, I get to sit on the benches, which the public's paid for. I get to splash in the, the fountain that public have paid for. I get to admire the statues the public has paid for. I get to stand under the gazebo the public's paid for. But I can't use the electricity oh, no. that the government has yeah. paid for. And I can, I can kind of see it, but at Wait, the same the time, I can see the government, both. Pay, the government provided that? 
if by the government you mean they stole uh, the money from the taxpayers. Yeah, right. But that's how they, that's how they provide everything. Um, right. So, um, yeah, where do you draw the line? I mean, there's power. It has been used plenty of times. The Somebody, light's on always there the in the gazebo. The light is always on. Right, exactly. Nobody so turns don't the be, light off in the gazebo. Don't, City of Keen, The pump is working on the, uh, yeah. the, the, the fountain all the time. So, and, yeah, yeah a- and as uh, Heike mentioned the other day when we were doing um, Free King TV, the water, the uh, sprinklers go off even when it's raining. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't sound like a city that's really concerned about their energy bill. Correct. Correct. Uh, you know, I don't want to put words in their mouth, um, but you know, why Free Speech Friday of all times to crack down on this? Is there any chance of Free, free Speech Fridays uh, just at the beginning of the dinner hour there on uh, St. Keen Central Square? There are a couple of restaurants that have outdoor seating. Is it possible the restaurants with outdoor seating don't like the the noise generated? Um, I don't know. You know, I, I walked uh, that path, you know, by some people at the restaurant and I was o- able to overhear. Um, it's not my equipment, but what I would prefer is that the, the sound cover the uh, central square and then, you know, maybe just, a, you know, a wafting sound um, to advertise what's going on. But I don't want to be, you know, too loud. I don't want to uh, ruin anybody's experience, uh, certainly. And I want to be well, respectful. I mean, nobody's uh, the, 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 the speakers aren't pointed out to the street or anything like that. They're just right. there at the gazebo. They're pointed to the square, on the gazebo, uh, into the uh, this common area. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I mean, you know, and this is the traditional place of protest. I mean, they have all kinds of events there. Those events, events are, you know, they have yeah. loudspeakers. It's very interesting. I, well, we'll see what happens tonight because there is the Live Free or Dance Party that's going to happen after 10, and that's going to need amplification as well. So, um I guess stay tuned. I'll be live streaming it on Tally TV. Do you need a permit to speak? I mean, is is, it, is that the only fair way to handle this? 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A -a pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live brings you a website that you can get interactive with. We uh, allow you to link to stories, blog posts, pictures, whatever it is that you'd like to, to link to there at Free Talk Live. People can vote up your submissions. You can vote up other people's submissions. Vote them down. It's one big voting community there at uh, freetalklive.com. I condone. I condone this kind of voting. It's voluntary voting. <laughs> Find out more. Go to news.freetalklive.com. We have emailed updates there, Twitter, Facebook, all those things that uh, people love to to be involved in. It's news.freetalklive.com. Are you on any medications? <laughs> you, Michelle? <laughs> Psych no, meds. Just every time you say that, it reminds me of of um, that movie with Tom Cruise. Do you take medication? <laughs> you know the. The, the brother? No, you don't remember that? No. Yeah, that's how, that's his his way of being affectionate. Oh, right, right. Oh, oh you're talking about the Rain Man, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Mark was asking the audience, but I'm not on any medication. <laughs> Me neither. I should be, though. Yeah, 
I just had I had to look at your eyes when you said that. I drank that, just coffee, sure drinking no, coffee. Telling the truth there. Are you on medications? Are you getting your meds at a local pharmacy? If you are, you're likely paying more than you have to. There's a better way. Discount Prescription Services will get you your meds at discounts as high as 70% off. And they'll deliver them right to your door. All you have to do is go to meds.freetalklive.com and click Become a Member on the left-hand side of the page. There's also a call-in number. You can call in, and they'll, uh, they'll, they'll take care of you that way. Their customer service is excellent. They'll walk you through every step of the way. You'll save big time. It's meds.freetalklive.com. They also do third-party certification uh, regarding their medications so that you make sure that uh, you're not getting anything that's counterfeit. It's meds.freetalklive.com, whether it's Zetia, Viagra, Nexium, Cialis, Boniva, Ablify, or Lipitor. It's meds.freetalklive.com. So, Jason, tell me more about this uh, this uh, dance party thing that's going on and the Free Speech Friday and, and all that stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I covered what happened earlier as far as the, uh, the threats and the fact that people were out in Central Square in Keene, New Hampshire, uh, you know, speaking out about really whatever topics. Some topics I'm very interested in. Some topics, not so much. Um, but, yeah, it was great. Uh, and then uh, two police officers said that they uh, received a complaint, uh, dispatch did, and so they showed up. They made their threats when uh, nobody was turning off the uh, What was the, the complaint for? Um, uh, using the power. Okay, so there's yeah. a complaint about using I, the power. I guess that's the only thing that the cops said, or maybe that's the only the thing the cops could find. The complaint was probably there are people in the park and we don't like it. Yeah, exactly. And the cops are like, well, how do we get rid of these people? Let, uh, what about the power? Now, people are currently looking for the ordinance that uh, that says that uh, you can't use the town's power. Can't find it yet. It might be there. I don't know. But uh, the, the cops certainly couldn't uh, tell us what the law was. Um, yeah, they don't really do that. Um, you know, oftentimes uh, police just don't tell you what, you know, hey, we're just telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you can find out. You could ask the judge what law you broke. Yeah. And so it but like I said, uh People use power there all the time. Uh, it's just it's interesting that it happened to be on Free Speech Friday. Um, pretty, you know, it was about an hour after somebody gave a talk about uh, how to deal with the police, their perspectives on that. And like I said, you can probably find that later on tonight on freekeen.com, uh, the story, some photos. I'll be working on videos about it. Uh, it was uh, it was pretty interesting today. And then there is going to be the Live Free or Dance Party tonight at 10. So I don't know if there's going to be any police presence for that. I, I hope not because... You can't get much more uh, peaceful than dancing. I'll go out there for like a half an hour because you know I love to dance with you and I try to dance Let's with do you it. Yeah, every chance I get. I'm leaving early in the morning, so I only have like a half an hour. Mm-hmm. So we got to shake our moneymaker. Yep. And if the police come out... You then- might make money with it. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I would happily... You know, ask them to do si with me. Oh, okay. Take well, a spin. Sure. That would be a good solution to this problem if they would just dance with us. Yeah, absolutely. We got a call on the line here from... Uh, and I. This set up here. It's uh, Patrick and, and Oz from DrunkDictator.com. Patrick? Hi. How are you guys doing? All's well. Oz, you there? Hey, guys. <laughs> so you guys have uh, trotted out a, a a new video, and I... I've been. I watched it, and it's a it's a great little video. It's uh, called the Taking Tree. What if Shel Silverstein's Giving Tree wasn't so giving, and instead of a boy, he had an alliance of politicians pestering him? So, uh, tell us about the video, guys. 
Uh, oh gosh. Okay. We so, so we lost him there for a second. Apparently. Okay. So the I'll, give, of modern technology. I'll give background to, in case people haven't uh, read Shel Silverstein's The Giving Tree, it's this uh, lovely picture book um, with just a few, you know, words or sentences on each page, kind of in keeping with Shel Silverstein's, you know, style or whatever. And, um, and there's this voluntary uh, interaction between the tree and this young boy who grows into an old man. And the tree is always there to provide for the need of the the child who grows into a man and the boy who grows into a man appreciates the tree and and you know values the tree and there was a period when the the boy slash man didn't value the tree and the tree was hurt and slumped and and whatever but it was revived by by its uh renewed um sense of worth because it was there to to give to the boy. And so, but the whole thing was voluntary, which it appears by this, uh, this video that they did, that it's, that it's the politicians taking things of a tree that doesn't want to give anything to the politicians. And they say, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, they, they essentially use the tree for their, their, their purposes. And it, it is a, a play on this very popular children's uh, book. And I think that, uh, you know, this could speak to a lot of people. I think uh, it's it's worth going to to check out. It's drunkdictator.com and you can go there. They actually have a, a few videos for you to see. And these guys these guys put together a lot of videos. Um they are the ones who put together the uh, let's see maybe maybe we can pull them back up here. Guys, you there? Hey. Hey, Patrick. Hey, uh, hey, hey, yeah, sorry about that. Oz and I are both on. We're back. Okay, great. So tell us real quick about uh, the, the video and um, that kind of thing. Okay, yeah. Hey, uh, sorry about that. Oz, do you want to jump in and tell them a little bit about Taking Tree and where we came up with the idea? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, our company is Ozymandias Media, and um, we can maybe talk a little bit more about that later, but we kind of, like, created this drunk dictator thing as sort of an alter ego to that for, like, um, some some ideas we come up with that we just want to kind of make uh, for fun. Maybe they're just irreverent or they're just like, you know, stuff for kind of the YouTube audience to have fun with. Yeah, sure. And uh, we, started, we started doing this a while ago, and, um, you know, back when the bailouts were going on, we made a video about the Terminator and Asylum petitioning uh, Barney Frank for a bailout. And then sometime later we made a, a puppets video where they were um, basically explains government accounting uh, so we made a few of these. This is our third video, um, like you were saying, a spoof of uh, Shel Silverstein's uh, Giving Tree. And, yes, it's the taking tree. You know, in this case, the tree isn't, like, giving endlessly to uh, to a growing boy. In this case, it's like the tree actually is represents our economy, and the tree kind of just wants to be left alone. And these politicians keep showing up to take from it. So they're taking the leaves and they're, you know, they're taking the branches to build houses for, for the needy, quote unquote. And um, yeah, so spoiler alert, they keep showing up and they keep taking from the tree. So uh, yeah, so we just, uh, we had this idea and um, yeah, probably we're three, four bourbons in when we came up with it. But, uh, you know, Strangely, the next day we still thought it was a funny idea, and we wanted to go with it. Well, and if you so, got if you got some more, uh, just hold the line here. Um, we can come back and talk about it a little bit more. Absolutely. 
This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Lil Drums. Every bit as fun as a full-size Nestle drumstick cone and definitely cuter. Visit us at drumstick.com. Vacations are all about family time, but you don't have to leave home to have fun. Take one weekend a month and devote it to family activities. Pull out the board games and puzzles, serve up some treats, or have a picnic. Even without leaving home, you'll feel like you've really had some time away. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line here. You can call in and talk about whatever you'd like. If you uh, call in this segment, we're talking to the guys from The Taking Tree at DrunkDictator.com. Patrick, Oz, you there? Yeah, we're here. Excellent. Uh, there seems to be a little audio issue there. Um, we'll, we'll see if it clears up. So, um, you know, we've already talked about the video. What, what are some of these other videos you've done and some of the other projects you've done? I was just getting ready to tell the audience that. Okay, yeah, great. Um, I hope I'm coming through okay. I don't know what's going on. There must be, like, microwaves swirling around down here or something out here in L.A. It's um, the Bilderbergers. But... <laughs> it's the black helicopters. It's the smog in L.A. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, well, our, we have a production company, it's Ozymandias Media, and we, we work with a lot of, like, you know, nonprofit groups who are out there, like, you know, uh, communicating our ideas, the ideas of freedom and liberty, and we help them by, you know, creating, creating videos for their websites and, and, and to try to reach a broader audience with these ideas. And um, so we, we do that. A lot of big we, names. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, well, we work with, we work with videos for, like, the, the Mercatus Center, the Institute for Humane Studies has a great project, uh, Learn Liberty, and I think that you guys feature that on your yep, website. Yep, uh, yep. They, uh, we've, we've done work with them a lot. Uh, they're great. It's a great project. Uh, we have several videos that are going to be coming out soon about that, uh, on that project. And, um, yeah, we work with a number of different groups. And, uh, but, and then also we do, we create viral videos through our Destruct Dictator uh, website, and then the other thing that we do is we operate as a traditional pro- uh, production company, and we option titles and, and get properties and develop scripts and take them around town and try to get, you know, try to get them funded and um, and produce uh, entertaining content in uh, more traditional forms of media like, you know, films and television shows that express that are that are highly entertaining and express our ideas. You know, not ideological junk film, but film that's like high-quality film with a great story with great emotions that show the true, like, the, the, the empathetic side of, um, you know, libertarian ideas and the ideas of liberty. So how would you do that? Well, one of our, uh, <clears throat> well, one of our most recent projects, we've, uh, we optioned the Politically Incorrect Guide to American History the, and the series behind that, the Pig series. It's a book series uh, published by Regnery, and they, uh, they're, they're a conservative book publishing company uh, based out of D.C., and uh, they have a number of titles. And this, this, web, this, uh, this book series has 15 uh, books in the series on the whole, and they're just terrific. They're, they're irreverent, and they look at these, they look at issues from like capitalism, uh, American history, Vietnam War, tons of this, uh, you know, past issue, past like, you know, what it means to be an American. And they just have this, like, fun, you know, irreverent take, this politically incorrect, um, you know, language. 
that's just like, you know, it's the stuff that like you don't hear because, you know, there's like thought police and they don't, you know, they don't want this kind of message to get out there. So what, what, what's fun about that is this political correct movement has, has like, it's, it's been so long that it's, it's, it's like dull. And so to say something politically incorrect is, is now, it's, it's funny. And so that creates a great opportunity for us to look at, you know, some subjects that are, that are, you know, near and dear to our hearts and, uh, and create entertaining programming out of it. So we got that option and we're developing it and take it around town to be, you know, to pitch it as a TV series. Well, um, so this is, uh, could be coming to a television set near you then, huh? <laughs> that, that is our hope. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a big name. It's a big property. The politically incorrect guides are big properties. So um, yeah, it's amazing that they haven't been. Uh, this hasn't already happened. I mean, it seems like Hollywood zips up almost every New York Times bestselling book out there. But you know, so with these ideas, it's, I don't know. Maybe they don't know what to do with it. But we were shocked that it was even available, and we're you know we're very excited about it. What do you think about the the couple of comedians recently who have been um, you know encouraged? strong-armed by their by their agents to make public apologies because of their racial comments i mean for me to me comedians that's what they do they make fun of everyone they make fun of black white fat skinny short men women gay lesbian straight that's you know if you're a comedian it's it's all it's all on you know and so um these these two that have recently been um really uh who are they I don't know the names of comedians okay. off the top of my head, and so you're not supposed to ask me that question if you don't know the answer. But yeah, anyway, the audience is probably wondering yeah, I also. Know. <laughs> <laughs> but but the point is, is here are these these comedians who everyone knows when you go to a comic show that there's a good chance that you're going to be offended, and that's part of the fun. So now we're well, censoring yeah, comedians. I, yeah, it's it's scary, but uh, I think that. Uh, I think that there's a backlash going on against that, and that's part of the reason that we think that there is a market for this show, is it's just as looking at what's going on in the country is um, you've got people less and less tolerant of this sort of, you know, PC police kind of ruling what can and can't be said, and even crossing into territory like, you know, going to a comedy show at a comedy club, which has traditionally been sort of like this area that is, you know, you're supposed to know when you go through the door and you buy your ticket, you're supposed to know you're buying a ticket to that kind of a thing. So um, so, so what are examples yeah, of uh, it, political incorrectness? Uh, you mean as the books? Sure. Treat them? Sure. Pull them from the books. Yeah, well, there's, oh, I mean, there's so many. There's a lot of, um, you know, there's racist attitudes that, uh, that um, Abe Lincoln had, uh, this kind of stuff that's been whitewashed up about the Civil War and, you know, how important uh, the slavery aspect of that has been pumped up at the beginning. Patrick and I were talking the other day about, like, a part that covers even something as simple as, like, George Washington's foul mouth. You know, I mean, when I was in school, I never read about him as a foul mouth, which is a bummer because he would have been a much more interesting historical... Or that Thomas Jefferson liked... liked Mulatto girls. He liked that milk chocolate. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't yeah, know. We, uh... Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead, Mark. Uh, well, this is Jason. I was just going to say, I mean, political correctness, whenever I hear people rail against political correctness, I don't know. I mean, 
I don't want to go around uh, offending people all the time. I think it's a shame that Thomas Jefferson uh, slept with uh, a slave, somebody that uh, didn't have a choice. Um, so I think there's probably a lot of truth that might be behind um, political correctness. Uh, I just think, yes, people can be too sensitive and it can be pushed, uh, used to push agendas, but I don't think there's a need to go around and be offensive um, with, the, with the truth. Yeah, well, I, I agree. I mean, I think like I think the key really is is what what would be the point or the essence of the show, and and, and the point of doing that. I mean, you, you a comedian comes in and challenges these ideas that we have about society, and so, you know that like that help that gives us wisdom. It gives us a sense of like, oh, you know, I didn't see things that way, you know, and and maybe you know what comes out of it is you know you you your conventional attitudes about something uh, are reinforced, but. You know, but I, I find often you have today in today's society, there's like politically correctness for politically correctness' sake. It's like a political correctness empire, and there's just overreach. You know, there's just like like you're mentioning earlier. There's these uh, comedians who have to apologize when they say something that's like tangential, tangentially taken as like racism. You know, and uh, and it's the kind of thing where I can't remember what it was, but maybe it was like a like Kramer was hit by this. I don't remember the uh, their exact details, but it's the kind of scenario where I feel like. You know, there's a lot about our culture that, you know, that people should just be able to say. They should just say, well, like, I think this, and it, and it, should, be, and it should be okay, because that's, that's, sort of, that's enlightening. You know, it, it lets us be, like, a broader spectrum. And it's okay to, you know, to say these things and to laugh at these things and I don't think to have that you need to values and be aware of You don't have to apologize mm-hmm. for, for finding something funny. So, um, guys, uh, we're getting close to the, uh, the the end of the segment here. Um, again, it's drunkdictator.com, and folks can go see the Taking Tree and your other videos there. Um, what uh, what what do you hope you know when if these videos go viral? What's it do for you guys? Uh, we we don't know. In the case of Drunk Dictator, <laughs> it's really sort of like it's just a catch-all for like the ideas that we have that aren't really like something that we're pitching to clients or whatever. It's just like something we come up with we hand drew the taking tree and you know digged it in and animated it and it's fun you know so we just put it out there and we'll figure out later what we can do with it oz patrick thanks for being on free talk live um you can uh, go check it out at drunkdictator.com thanks a lot Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand, featured the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-FREE. If you've ever been the victim of an injustice and decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too expensive, jurisdictionary.com is the course for you. It's a course for people who don't have attorneys and for people who do have attorneys and need to keep an eye on them. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. Until you know those rules, you're fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. It costs less than an hour with any good attorney. And the four-CD course, so easy, the average eighth grader could learn it in a weekend. You can go to Jurisdictionary.com. They have uh, all kinds of free 
charts and tips and tactics and all kinds of things for you there. Free videos. And, of course, you can buy the course when you do. Remember when you check out that uh, to use the pull-down menu and mention Free Talk Live, it's Jurisdictionary.com. Let's go to Daniel in Seattle. Daniel? Hey, good evening, guys. What's happening? Hey, I have a quick tip. Last night you guys were talking about uh, recording police officers with your camera phone. Yes. And uh, I have another tip for that, just a sort of technical thing. If you can't upload it to the Internet like you do, and it's got to stay on your phone. Most most camera phones these days uh, will take an external SD card or a little memory card. Mm-hmm. And if a police officer decides to take that, you take your phone and uh, you know accidentally break it or drop it or put it in a puddle or something. Um, if you record to that external SD card, it's more likely not to get damaged. It's pretty resilient on there as opposed to going on the internal memory of the phone. So then, um, if if for whatever reason you record to this SD card, and then you can uh, you know pop it out, um, even if they erase it, you can pop it out and then un um, erase it. They have uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. They have uh, they products it, for that. Are you talking about the SIM card that goes underneath the battery? No. Oh, something no, no, different. No, no, no. It's about the same size though, and about the same sort of. Plastic material. Yeah, it won't work on uh, Apple products because they don't allow you to have external memory. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Android phones or do. Nokia yeah, should work. Do. And then I have a, a quick question about uh, morality of liberty. Okay. If you don't mind. Yeah, sure. Um, it's kind of thing we talk, talk about all about the time. That. Yeah, I hear you guys talk about that pretty frequently. I was wondering if you could explain the moral argument for uh, you know liberty to me and also how I might Use that in a conversation. Yes, me first. You go, girl. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. Like, uh-huh. horse shack here. All right. So um, there are two arguments. One for the uh, one, we'll, we'll give the Christian argument first. That, um, okay. That uh, I happen to be a Christian. That that uh, God is the only ultimate being and that you, in order to have a relationship with God, that you must, it, that must be a voluntary one. And the only way to do that is if you don't have any of your liberties impinged upon. So I tend to go with that. But you know what? There are a lot of people out there that aren't Christians and, and don't believe in God. So um, you can just go from the humanist perspective that you have a neocortex. And so you have the irrational mind is unlike an animal that just operates with a limbic system. And that in order for you to exercise that neocortex, you have to have choice. And the only way, therefore, to actually be a, a human being exercising your humanity is to be able to live with consequences of your decisions. And you can only do that through absolute liberty. There, that's my answer. Okay. So, else? Yeah, I'll take, I'll, I'll take a stab at it. Uh, I like to um, live my life in a moral way. I don't like to uh, uh, hurt people. I don't like to steal their stuff. I don't like to commit violence against people, and I don't like it when other people do that. Um, you have a, uh, an organization called um, the government, and they want to do those things. They want to steal from people. They want to harm people, whether it's with the cruise missiles or the war on drugs or just open the newspaper and you'll see examples every day about how the the government is harming people. And ever since I moved to uh, the Shire, I've met people who have been victims of the government. Uh, I cover this on my uh, website, tally.tv. Um, and so I don't want to have anything to do with uh, a government that will do that uh, to people, uh, caging peaceful people for uh, growing cannabis, for example. So I don't want to fund them. 
uh, I don't want, and I don't want it done in my name, so I have to speak out against them as much as possible. Okay, well, that sounds good. Let me pop in here real quick, Daniel. Um, so, I, what I like to, when when you know people talk about the morality of government, what they'll often do is they'll point at some of the things that government does that is good, like feeding poor people, and. You know, when it comes down to it, you'd ask them, I mean, you know, if we're going to talk about morality as opposed to talking about, uh, you know, sort of the the um, ob- you know, functional, the f- ob- objective functionality of it, because government's obviously very inefficient. We can talk about inefficiency as in government if you want. But um, if you want to talk about the immorality of government, essentially, what's the operable difference between government and an armed gang? And Usually they'll stumble around trying to figure out what the difference between the government and an armed gang is, and um, often it'll be, well, we get to vote on who's in the government, and so you're saying that you know it's an armed gang with a really unusual way of electing its dons, um, which will you know make them chuckle. But you know what's so what's the operable difference between this armed gang that you can uh, apparently vote on and and choose uh, what their leaders are, but seem to be doing the same things all the time? You know they 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 steal from people in order to to get what they want. Lots of gangs will do things for the community that they uh, they represent. And you can talk about uh, the gaudy fella throwing parties in the streets and of New York, and uh, you know block parties and things like that. So in many cases, um, you know the, the 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 government really just mirrors armed gangs. It's just an armed gang writ large that has uh, flags flying in front of it. Once people have that little idea planted in their mind, then you know they can listen to the government from that point of view as, huh. Are they an armed gang? And, you know, they keep on asking themselves, what's the difference between this and an armed gang? I mean, you can't let them get away with, well, we can we can vote on whether it's an armed gang or not, because for one. Did you just take a bong rip? No, I'm watering my plants. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We, uh, you know, even though we can um, vote on, you know, these these politicians or whatever, our votes generally don't count because only a tie breaking vote is it's going to be one that counts anyway. So, you know, the, the question is, if the slaves get to vote on the master every uh, every four years, does that mean they're not slaves? And I don't That's think the that allegory they're... of the slave right there. Right? Yeah. Right. All right, Daniel. Is that anything else? Do you, do you believe in liberty yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm sort of. Kind of, sort of. Working on it? No, no. I'm newly converted, but yeah, definitely. I'm what what are you converted from? Uh. Uh, I don't know, neocon kind of stuff. Yeah, same here. Did you find uh, any of uh, our, our statements uh, persuasive in any way? Uh, well, uh, yeah, I, I would think the probably the one about the gang would be most persuasive in mm-hmm. a discussion with someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that when uh, uh, when talking to you know sort of neocons and conservatives about the ideas of mora- the morality of government, I found it very very difficult um, that. Usually, you can talk to liberals about sort of the morality of government, but um, with conservatives, their their views of morality tend to be far more functional. You know, those them terrorists are coming to get us. We got to stop them, no matter what. You know, they're they're much more um, that the the ends justify the means. Yeah, um, and, yeah, and then you functionality, see, and then you see the government actually having a lot in common with terrorist organizations. Usually, what I tell them is, look. 
the middle, uh, I, I understand when that you know you don't you want small government until it comes to bureaucrats with guns, in which case you want a large government. Um, but really, the the military and the police and all these other um, government or, organizations, they're just the post office and fatigues. They're no more functional than any of these other government agencies, the ones that you think are ineffic- inefficient and that the that you know they have no purpose. Those are you know th- th- that's the same argument to be had for the police and the military. Thanks, Daniel. Thank you. Appreciate the call. You know, it's uh, it's it's good to know what your audience is when you're talking to uh, somebody about the ideas of liberty. You can't just mm-hmm. jump in. You really got to find out where they're coming from, because different uh, you know people from different backgrounds are going to have different issues that uh, sure. that speak to them. But the you know that it, it one thing that uh, Stephanie Murphy and um, and I were able to. Do on it's our Saturday, Sunday co-host. Yeah, Stephanie. exactly, Stephanie, um, and also Brett. One night we were we were Host uh, of, hosting uh, uh, School Sucks podcast. Exactly, thank you. We kept getting these callers in to talk about uh, liberty, and they were kind of constitutionalists. Mm-hmm. And the three of us all kept bringing it back to just the foundational first cause principles of liberty. The problem that I see, uh, which occurs when you start talking about agendas, you know, for example, someone will say, oh, well, I'm for decriminalizing marijuana because I think that you ought to be able to do drugs if that's what you want to do. And if they just approach it from the perspective of their own agenda and they don't generalize it out to liberty in general, then you find them saying that they're for war, but they're they're against, you know, rules about what they can put in their body. What do you what you got to do is you got to find out what liberty issue that they're for and then extrapolate out why it is. I mean, if you if you can do drugs because you own your body, then you should be able to own the, you know, possessions, the things you work for. If you own the things you work for, then the government can't take them in order to quote unquote protect. And now it's time for the Living Beyond Your Feelings Radio Minute with tips and advice on controlling your emotions so they don't control you. Here's New York Times best-selling author Joyce Meyer. Do you own your emotions or do they own you? Do you manage them or do they manage you? You know, when we are emotionally driven, we tend to talk a lot out of those emotions and it can get us into a lot of trouble. One of the things we really all have a tendency to do when we feel emotionally upset or disturbed is complain, murmur, grumble about everything in life that we think is making us unhappy. But you know, God is good. He is definitely good, always good. And he expects us to remain thankful even in the midst of difficulty. I believe one of the most powerful things that you can do is stay happy even when things are not going your way. For the Living Beyond Your Feelings Radio Minute, I'm Joyce Meyer. For more information to help you control your own emotions so they don't control you, please visit Joyce Meyer. That's M-E-Y-E-R dot org. The average person has 70,000 thoughts every day, and many of those thoughts trigger a corresponding emotion. In Living Beyond Your Feelings, Joyce Meyer examines the gamut of feelings that human beings experience. She discusses the way that the brain processes and stores memories and thoughts. Then, emotion by emotion, she explains how we can manage our reactions to those emotions. Living Beyond Your Feelings, the newest book from New York Times bestselling author Joyce Meyer, is available wherever books are sold. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-FREE. 
Call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's an interactive show. It's, we've got an interactive website. You can go to freetalklive.com, link to stories, uh, news stories, or whatever you'd like to link to. People will vote up your submissions. You can vote up other people's submissions. It's freetalklive.com. And um, I've got an interesting story here that's, uh, you know, I, I'm not 100% sure what this was initially as far as um yeah this i i there's been so many police brutality stories um in the news over the last few years but apparently from denver on tuesday this is according to nine news.com a panel of civil service hearing officers ordered that two officers who were fired after a highly publicized beating in April 2009 in Lodo, I assume that's someplace in Denver, be reinstated to their jobs with back pay. Nine News wants to know, um, has uh, learned from, I guess that's the, the name of a segment, has learned from city officials Denver's acting manager of safety disagrees with the decision and the city attorney is expected to appeal. Denver police officers Devin Sparks and Randy Murr were fired after uh, March the 25th by then-manager of safety Charles Garcia after he found them guilty of using inappropriate force, and it was a lot of it, and lying on their police reports about a downtown Denver beating. The panel of officers reversed Garcia's decision Tuesday, ruling that Garcia did not have the right to terminate the officers um, under the city charter because the officers had already been punished once by Garcia's predecessor, safety manager Ron Perea. Sparks and Murr were accepted Perea's decision to suspend them for three days without pay, and all time limits for appeals had passed. So, apparently these cops um, had that beat the crap out of this, this guy are getting reinstated to their jobs, at, because there's just nothing we can do about it. I mean, is this because they have a strong union? I just don't it's know. It's about unions, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's no accountability. It, now, I'm just, I don't know how long the statute of limitations is for an assault and battery, but I'll bet you it's longer than two years. Mm-hmm. So why don't they charge these guys if that's what, uh, if, you know, if they're backed into a corner here? Because they don't want to charge police for the same sort of violence they would charge you and I for. Yeah, they believe cops have uh, extra rights because they have badges. And I guess once you, you pin on the badge... You can't violate the thin blue line, and so they get away with a lot. Uh, there's the case in Manchester where people were arrested for chalking at a uh, pro-police accountability rally. Uh, but the reason that they showed up was because Manchester police officers beat this guy, Christopher Miklosevich, um, at a bar. They were off duty, and they beat some guy in a bar, and the attorney general sweeps it under the rug, says that there wasn't any wrongdoing. You go to... Uh, tally.tv and look at a photo of this guy they broke bones in the guy's face yeah uh, it's it's a it's a, what it's just amazing that you know there's there's two sorts of justice out there there's the justice for the sort of regular citizens the rule of law folks right and then there's the justice for the people that meet out the rule of law and that's not the rule of law if you have two classes of citizens, the politicians and their enforcers, and the regular folks, then you've got two two classes, and that's not the rule of law anymore. Nobody believes, nobody really believes that uh, police get held to the same level of justice that uh, the rest of us do. Well, not only are, is uh, the law arbitrary in in who is served by it and who isn't, it's also the degree. You know, um, 
justice is outputs being aligned and equal to inputs, effects being aligned with cause, reaping reward and punishment in proportion to um, to what is owed and, and crimes. Ian, our host and our beloved friend, is in jail for it was the, with a 360 day sentence, 90 days of which have to be served. 60 if he gets out for good behavior. We're on day for, 31. Right. For inter- <laughs> according to Mark's calendar, which is the only one that we're counting, for t- for taking up five minutes of a police officer's time. I, I disagree with the five minutes part, but um, I, I think it was more like 45 seconds. It depends on oh. when, when one starts counting. <laughs> um, there's... He stood in front of two different police cars. Right. Um, you know, the, the second incident was what he was arrested for. Let's go to Frank in New York about this same issue. Frank. Uh, good evening. Good evening, yeah. Frank. I'm so happy to hear your voice. Oh, well, thank you. It's nice to hear yours as well. Uh, yeah, you know, I have to say that I've never heard such a ridiculous sentence you know, uh, they gave Ian. I mean, it, it's utterly absurd. I mean, they're burglars and people that do battery that go to jail with political connections and get out in half the time. Oh, yeah. I and, mean, you know, I think that judge has a screw loose. I think you guys should attempt to impeach him or go. He's retiring, the- actually. He's retiring. There's nothing you can do to him. Mm-hmm. The He's- point is, he should have his pension. I mean, that's malfeasance. I would attempt to do a malfeasance case. Again. There is a. Um- He's deliberately. Uh, misusing his authority for his own probably uh, selfish uh, pride is a reason. There and, you, is, know, you can't have that. Just there's a redress of grievance. Blind. Yeah, there's a, there's a new. Uh, <laughs> they have a new committee of uh, for redresses of grievances against justices or whatever. Well, in you the, know, what? I think Ian should that. sue. Should sue the. Uh, state of vermont or the county or That'd be whoever this judge's jurisdiction where new know, hampshire falls under i'm sorry in, in new hampshire Quebec forgive too. me <laughs> uh, what you have to do is you have to 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 you know hit them with uh if they're going to do that a three million dollar hit them with your best lawsuit. shot I, I, come on and you have to i wish you would it i mean it has to be done because ultimately frank you know, we need you to do it <laughs> Pardon me? Do it then. Yeah, we do need somebody with the legal skills. And I to... think you could probably find someone. You could I mean, find someone too. Many good attorneys in New England that <laughs> that have worked in civil rights cases and equal employment things. And, you know, they would actually get a percentage of the uh, reward. I would go after Ian that. would give it all to him, I'm sure. No, 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 you wouldn't do that. But the point is, <laughs> even if you gave half to. Uh, listen, if you got, if you got a $6 million. Uh, jury award. Hey, from, we are we are long on good ideas. We're short on workers. Frank, with the attorney that's still half a million dollars. And remember, that's not taxable income. You know, that's actually uh, really. So you have to. I would. I would definitely do that because I've never heard of anything as ridiculous as that. I mean, uh, and one thing I wanted to say too: in, in New York, and you know, in the nineteen seventies. Uh, and in areas like Western Pennsylvania in the 60s and 70s, you actually had the police officers selling drugs to students and people. I'm sure it happens and today. It was known. And, you know, when they say, oh, if a police officer is shot in the line of duty, that's automatic death sentence for the person that did it. But when the police are doing all of these criminal and illegal activities, the same thing should be done. If they're selling drugs to, to minors or people off-duty, then instead of giving them 
you know, five years in jail, give them a life sentence with no parole. You have to enforce the law equally. And that's why it's ridiculous. And I know, let's say, you know, if a police officer is injured, you'll have 50 or 100 police cars and you'll have all of this action. Yeah. But if someone is injured or shot in the street, you know, maybe after 911 is called in 40 minutes, you'll have a police officer coming to, to you know, uh, look at the scene or do whatever. But Take the point statistics, is, draw chalk you know, outline. the law can't be selective. <laughs> and that's the problem with America today. It, 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 it's it, selective. They're... If you have the proper, the proper uh, connections and if you have the proper bank account, you know, you, you get to walk and you can get the very best attorneys. And uh, all I can say is this. Uh, you know, most of our judges, and I believe I blame the judiciary because most of our judges are appointed. Even the federal judges are appointed by uh, the president and the justice department. And in, in certain cases, uh, in state government and things, you have judges that are elected by the people, which means that if you have the party behind you and you have a big war chest, you can actually—it's a popularity contest. But what has to be. Provided oh, you have you no have idea have... what a popularity contest it can be. Jason Talley here can tell you with his experience in Mississippi what a joke that was where the judge has to have a um, high school diploma, doesn't have to have any sort of legal background whatsoever, and they're uh, basically, it is a popularity yeah, contest. get a majority of a vote, and the guy that we faced um, in Jones County, Mississippi, uh, when we were pulled over, uh, for bogus reasons, uh, he was a former uh, sheriff of uh, Jones County. Jeez. Frank, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. The Ruger LC9, compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP, features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip, and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the single toll-free call-in line here on Free Talk Live. You know that cigarettes aren't good for your health. You've probably been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try. It's a healthier option than cigarettes, 22,000 times healthier. Listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will already save about $120 a month. How about a free starter kit, too? You just purchase 40 cardamizers with coupon code FTL. And you'll get a free starter kit. You'll also get free shipping because they give free shipping on all orders of $60 or more. All you have to do is go to Vaporsmiths.com. This is one of the best made uh, e-cigarette vaporizers on the market today. It's Vaporsmiths.com or 855-2-GET-VAPOR. 855-2-GET-VAPOR. Vaporsmiths.com. 
You know, um, during the last segment, uh, Frank brought up Ian's case, and we, I haven't talked about it this week, and I think that uh, we should keep on bringing it up, what, what occurred. Ian decided that it was um, the, the best use of his time and energy to stand in front of a police car. Several people did. There were four people who did it. For taking a woman, young woman, to jail, um, what for what he felt were uh, immoral reasons uh, that he didn't think that they they should be taking her to jail. Um, there was no victim to her alleged crime. That's correct. They were um, she she was uh, enjoying an adult beverage in the middle of the square. 30 feet away from three other restaurants that serve alcoholic beverages. That's pretty much yep. pretty, pretty clear. She was uh, drinking beer in the no beer drinking zone and she refused to take a ticket for it. And Ian decided to uh, stand in front of a police car in order to, I guess, waylay the police co- police officer about 45 seconds, because that's really what happened. Um, he stood in, in fact, in, um, you know, waylaid two police cars, but they didn't really arrest him for the first one. It was the second one. Um, and he wasn't there 45 seconds before they jumped on him. So the they were, as you said, about 40 feet from a restaurant that served beer. Um, and the there's all kinds of things that that happened in this one. Um, he there's it was a year ago and they're supposed to get misdemeanors to trial in six, six months. And they're just basically dropped the ball and said, I don't know what happened, but you didn't tell us that we should get it to trial. So we're it's just OK. I mean, so he brings up the speedy trial and the judge just flips it under the under the rug. This, by the way, I think is one of the problems of representing yourself, because I think lawyers can handle this situation a little better. But it, the judge clearly did whatever he wanted to. The judge uh, departed upward from his previous sentence. Uh, uh, you know, he. Basically, Ian was taking not his to, previous sentence. The district court's sentence. right. Well, the, the district court gave Ian a sentence, um, you know, in a lower court. Uh, so the uh, you know the the judge gave him instead of uh, sixty days, ninety days. Right, and the prosecutor also wanted the sixty days, and the judge decided to bump that up. Yep. So the the judge went above the prosecutor, went above uh, the, the previous court, just because basically Ian took it to trial. So Ian took it to trial. He beat the charge of uh, resisting arrest, and the video clearly showed that he didn't resist arrest, and no one charged this cop with, like, false arrest or anything like that. I mean, they just throw charges at people for fun, and they get no kind of uh, of uh, you know repercussions for that. Right. They want to see if they those charges would stick. They did not. It was a jury trial, and the jury found him not guilty of resisting arrest, but guilty of obstructing a government administration. And like we were talking about, the government administration that day was kidnapping a peaceful young woman who was enjoying an adult beverage in a, uh, the commons in a public park. The judge, prior to uh, sentencing him, called him the leader of the free keeners. <laughs> They, spokesperson. He, he said, "Your because we all want a leader." <laughs> so, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm befuddled by this. And oh, but meanwhile, let me just jump in. Uh, this same judge who is uh, uh, attaching the the label leader uh, to Ian, he demands that people stand up for him during this trial. He had uh, armed. Um, Armed thugs in there, yeah. uh, wearing sheriffs. They literally department. brought in, uh, you know, state. Sher- they brought in sheriffs in order right. to make sure that everybody right. stood up or uh, got kicked out of the courtroom. It, it's against my religious uh, you know, beliefs to stand in a in a courtroom for a judge, but I had to watch this court case. So what else? What other option did I have? Um, the also, I'd like to point out that every, there were three other people that stood in front of these police cars, and as I understand it. Every one of them got essentially zero days. They they got sentences, but they're all like suspended and stuff like that. Yep. Ian was the leader, and so he got ninety days because I, I mean I don't know why they decided he was the leader, uh, but the judge decided that. Also, interestingly, um, Ian asked the judge who he represented, 
and the judge said he represents the state. Now, the state was a little man uh, standing next to uh, Ian. They all have their titles, right? The court is the guy in the, uh, the, the black robe. The state is the prosecutor, the man uh, you know, demanding that Ian be held to justice for harming the state of New Hampshire or something, This uh, another fictitious organization. So the judge claimed to represent the prosecutor. How can you possibly have a fair trial when the court claims to represent the prosecution? Right. So you have Ian by himself representing himself, and then you have judge employed by the state, prosecutor employed by the state, the people that take the stand, the law enforcers, they're employed by the state. The, the jury gets money from the state, too. Well, that's, that's true. Um, th- that's why the jury – well, the jury is supposed to you know, represent uh, the defendant, but it doesn't happen. We're trying to and do- you don't even get a chance as the defendant to, to inform them about, for example, jury nullification or, or that, things that, like that. That happened in this trial. Yeah. Right. Ian did. Uh, if people want to watch the video, they can go to uh, freeian.cdevolution.org. Uh, I taped the entire thing, pretty much the entire thing, and it's all available there. Um, there's also a free Ian indignation fund yes. that people have been contributing to. So, and you know, more people are moving here because um, they're inspired by uh, Ian. Maybe that's the kind of leadership that J- Judge Arnold is talking about. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think. He did the right thing that day. I wish more people would uh, stand up to uh, police aggressive tactics. They shouldn't be able to get away with harming peaceful people. Well, you know, I've certainly found uh, a great deal of irritation with uh, Ian being gone, but I do think that it's it bears uh, talking about in a an objective fashion what happened. I think that the jury really didn't have an option but to find him guilty for standing in front of a police car. But they should have never been there in the first place because the prosecution didn't bring this to trial within six months. So they violated their own rules. I mean... It's procedural. I mean, I don't expect them to follow their own rules. I, but right. I mean, I, I don't either. And that's what's sad. Here in America, we're supposed to be, quote-unquote, a rule of law and all that other stuff, and I don't believe it anymore. I actually was over at both the Superior Court as well as the District Court a couple of days ago uh, regarding my um, my vehicle registration issues, and the gal at the District Court house here, the clerk's office, uh, she informed me that I had missed a, a, um, my, a trial, and I said, well, I wasn't aware that I had one. I mean, I'm I'm here on behalf of the other. And she said, well, you were supposed to be here on the second. I said, where does it say that? And she said, on your ticket. And I showed her my ticket. And she said, no, the other ticket. I said, I was only issued one by the Marine cop. I was issued two physical tickets by the other with a total of seven um, violations on it. But for, you know, from the Marine Patrol officer, I only received one. She said, no, you received two. I said, no, I received one. And Uh -uh, she said, uh right, exactly. And I said, show me a copy because I only have this. And she went and made a photocopy. And right there on the ticket, it said, not delivered by hand. That's a real problem. Right. So then I asked, I said, how do I, how do I ask for a late entry, uh, a motion for late entry on a ticket I never received? And she said, I don't know. You have to ask the judge. (laughs) <laughs> wait, wait until we issue the warrant. Yeah. 855-450-3733. Judicial system's messed up. You got Do you believe otherwise? Do you want to take back control of your own money? Then take a look at Bitcoin. 
Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency, and it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. To learn more, visit weusecoins.org. Your dollars are going down. Learn more about Bitcoins at weusecoins.org. That's weusecoins.org. Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. If you found out all the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes, would you want to join them? It's happening, and you can be part of it. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. It's freestateproject.org. All of us in this room, we're movers for the Free State Project. woo Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> so, Michelle, you uh, wanted to talk about it's getting close to ni- the 10th anniversary of 9-11, and uh, you want to talk about 9-11? Well, indirectly. Okay. I'm going to New York this weekend for Liberty Fest, which I'm very excited about. And awesome. I, I suppose that it's no coincidence that that Liberty Fest was planned for the same weekend to mark the anniversary, the 10-year anniversary of 9-11 or 9-1-1, depending on, you know. Who you ask. ask, exactly. But um, I really uh, am disturbed that that there is this um, high alert uh, and all this celebration. Why are we celebrating, I say we loosely, celebrating a 10-year anniversary of um, of this war on terror? That, well, aren't they know, opening up um, a new building or memorial or something like that? Is it a celebration or a commemoration? It's a commemoration. Yeah, I don't think people are really celebrating things. I mean, maybe the jihadist, but right. Well, um, maybe yeah. the bureaucrats who got their uh, budgets expanded and uh, more authority. Who, you know, I guess there are, some people have reasons to celebrate, but not me. Correct. Um, in any case, the city is now on high alert, mm. and. Um, and they, they claim to have their own uh, army and their own navy, and now apparently they're getting a submarine. It was interesting. Uh, there was, Who's they? Uh, the, the city of New York. Oh, wow. Just saw that in uh, uh, some news, news article or another today. To do What, yeah. for security purposes? No, they got their own. <laughs> they are practically a government there. I mean, they've got so many people. Yeah. Practically well, ten, a, a world government. Ten years ago, George Bush, then president of the United States, said freedom itself was attacked this morning by a faceless coward and freedom will be defended. Well, Lawrence Vance, uh, who writes for LewRockwell.com, did this great article called Freedoms I Wish the Military Were Defending. And it's it's not such a lengthy article, but I'm just going to read some of the uh, the things that he mentioned here. The freedom to fly without being sexually violated, the freedom to purchase a gun without a waiting period, the freedom to grow, sell, and smoke marijuana, the freedom to sell goods and services for whatever amount a buyer is willing to pay, the freedom to make more than six withdrawals from one savings account each month, the freedom (laughs) to drink alcohol as a legal voting adult under 21 years of age, the freedom to purchase a Sudafed over-the-counter, the freedom to gamble without government approval, the freedom to deposit more than $10,000 in a bank account without government scrutiny, the freedom to not be stopped at a checkpoint and have one's car searched without a warrant, the freedom to sell any good or offer any service on Craigslist. 
The freedom to fill in a wetland on one's own property. The freedom to cut someone's hair for money without a license. The freedom to homebrew, which Jason Talley could use that. The freedom to homebrew over 100 gallons of beer per year. The freedom to advertise tobacco products on television. The freedom to smoke Cuban cigars. The freedom to not wear a seatbelt. So that, those are just some of the things that he yeah. mentions. Goes and it on goes and on. on and on. Exactly. But the point is, is, those are things that every person can relate to that are that those those freedoms and liberties have been violated since the introduction of the USA Patriot Act on October 26, 2011. Well, you, uh, some of some of them are uh, since then. Some of them have uh, you know were, were prior to that. I mean, you couldn't yes. smoke a pu- Cuban cigar por- prior to nine eleven. You couldn't sure. uh, smoke marijuana prior to nine eleven. Oh, I've been. A, I I can sm- I can smoke marijuana. Well, I, I can. You take a big old bong rip. <laughs> you maint because the government says you, you maint. <laughs> That's correct. I maint. So um, yeah. Anyway, the uh, I just I really appreciate the the idea that this articulate and reasonable man who is very, you know, socially conservative by most people's estimation um, would include liberties that he himself doesn't partake in, but yeah. understands that liberty in order for one to have liberty in their own life, they have that has to be extended to everyone. If, yeah, if you don't if you don't extend liberties to other people, then you're not going to get them yourself. And this always brings up the Reverend Martin Niemöller poem uh, that essentially goes when you know first they came for the trade unionists yep. and I wasn't a trade unionist, so I said nothing. Then they came for the communists and I wasn't a communist, so I said nothing. Then they came for the Jews and I wasn't a Jew, so I said nothing. And when they came for me, there was no one left to stand up. And this essentially, you know, and, and that's it goes longer than that, but um, you know that that's essentially the essence of the poem, and. You know, if if people don't stand up for people's freedoms that they don't particularly uh, care about, you know, that's the, the, that doesn't affect their life directly, then when it's time for the government to come after their freedom, then there nobody's going to be there for them. And I had a conversation with a friend about this uh, at one point. As a matter of fact, this was my wife, and I um, was uh, explaining to her why. You know, smoking these uh, smoking bans were a bad thing. And, uh, you know, of course, this is uh, people's property. They should be able to allow people to smoke on their property. But other people come in there and, uh, you know, I understand those other people have the right to leave, that kind of thing. And I explained to her, look, you scuba dive. You, she used to be a you know master scuba dive instructor gal. Sexy. And, um, you know, she scuba dives. And some people would call that dangerous. Mm-hmm. Some politician would like to regulate that activity and prevent her from doing it because it's just too dangerous. And she could be a burden on society if she gets hurt down there and doesn't have the money to cover her uh, insurance or whatever. And so once people can see that they, you know, their life can be affected by not you know, standing up for other people's freedoms, then they, it suddenly can strike home for them. And this is what it all comes down to. If you want the freedom to be free in your life, to do the things that you want to do. You need to stand up for those freedoms for other people. And the military is always, you know, you always hear this rhetoric that they're out there fighting for our freedoms. If the military is out fighting for our freedoms, then we should have become markedly more free in the last 10 years. And the evidence is that we're markedly less free in the last 10 years. Now the FBI can come into your house. They don't have to let you know. They don't have to, they can, you know, do a search. I think they can, uh, you know, they can bug your phones. Uh, they can check out what library books you've, uh, you know, gone after. They, you know, they've, they've disappeared people for months on end without telling their, their families. It's oh, crazy yeah. stuff. In- including um, sending people to Libya um, for, um, for torture and for mm-hmm. rendition purposes, uh, that that just came out in the, in the WikiLeaks. Yeah. 
Yeah, so um, we're, all these people who we're told are the enemy are also the friends of the CIA and, uh, and you know, the right. federal the guy who's One of the guys who's in charge of the, um, the Libyan Liberation Army fellas was rendited by the, the uh, CIA from, I think it was Pakistan, back to Libya right. and tortured. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Not a surprise. He has a bit of a chip on his shoulder for the CIA and he wants an apology. He may very well get it now that he's, uh, you know, have some kind of leadership position in a foreign country, but they're not going to give it to him because they feel bad. They're going to give it to him because it's politically expedient. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm not sure whether this guy's a terrorist or not. I would have no idea if he is a terrorist, but either A, an innocent man was rendered, rendered mm-hmm. by the CIA or they're supporting a terrorist. One of these two situations is true. Yeah. Does the government decide who the freedom fighter is and who the terrorist is? Yes, are? they do. And, he, and all it's amazing be- how they change because yeah. the United States CIA trained the Al Qaeda to um, against the what was it? The Northern Alliance uh, or with the Northern Alliance or whatever against the USSR back when the U.S. Yep. Soviet Union yeah. invaded Afghanistan. And then, yeah. So so the United States trained those to fight and then. They weren't right. in bin compliance Laden. with what the United States. And the thing is, is what are we doing in in Afghanistan in the first place? Who's we? <laughs> but for the purpose of right. this discussion, you the know, United the United States. States yes. So nothing. The, US, I mean, the, mm-hmm. the fact is, the the State Department has basically said nothing. The only reason that they're still in Afghanistan is because it's Obama's war, is essentially that it's political purposes here in the United States in order to make it look like there wasn't a mistake going in in the first place. Yeah, I can't That's answer the that reason. question. I have no idea why troops are still there. I can, I, 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 here's, here's another guess. I mean, maybe they really want to upset the, um, the Muslim types so that uh, in, you know, in both Afghanistan and Pakistan so that the hardliners in the Pakistani government give their nuclear weapons to some terrorists that go and attack the United States so they have an excuse for more war, I suppose. None of the pilots were from Afghanistan. No American was ever harmed by anyone in Afghanistan. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Is Afghanistan a good idea? Can you give me one reason? Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous SuperTuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your SuperTuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. What is SACL CAI, you ask? SACL CAI is a company that handles accounts receivable for your business. Likely you got into your business not because you want to do collections and accounts receivable, but because you want to do whatever it is that you're doing. SACL CAI can handle the vexing task of collections for you and they'll do it with respect they know that not only do you want to collect your money but you want to keep your clients too it's SACL CAI you can see their banner at freetalklive.com it's the top one on the right hand side of the page again it's SACL CAI so Michelle yes sir more about the uh, um, anything anything more in this article regarding um, you know 
the war in Afghanistan and 9-11 and the results and all that stuff? Well, just as a note, um, after almost 10 years of fighting in Afghanistan, the deadliest day for U.S. forces was just a few weeks ago, the first uh, August 6th. And um, on that day... Also, um, an, an interesting thing, to, to another thing to, to point out is that there's more uh, soldiers that are committing suicide, right. active duty soldiers committing suicide than are killed in the battlefield, which uh, to me says that, holy mackerel, what are these, what are these people going through? Mm-hmm. And right. whatever the United States soldiers are going through is nothing compared to what the uh, the the what should be free people of Afghanistan and Pakistan are going through. They've uh, you know been talking about the civilian deaths due to predator drones and all right. kinds of situations. And I just read, I just watched a, a video where stati- the statistics put out by the um, and this is by the government that seventy percent of the uh, the men and women who are coming back from. Uh, war, one of the five the United States is in, are coming back with post-traumatic stress disorder, mm. and um, they're being given um, psychotropic drugs and then being sent back. Oh, great! Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. No kidding. So here, this this deadly, the most <laughs> deadliest day. Some Ar- um, army ranger, uh, I think he was on his go- getting ready for his seventh tour, uh, committed suicide. I, th- I can't remember which base it was, but it was just a terrible story. Yes, it's tragic, and these capable and strong and otherwise healthy human beings and their lives are being wasted as they waste other people's lives. And so this, you know, the, if you recall, the Navy SEALs um, were on that, supposedly the same ones who killed Osama bin Laden were um, some of the people that were killed in that first week that did, of Is that the deadliest day? Yes. And um, and so and no one knows exactly why that thing went down. Of course, uh, Akita is uh, or, you know, somebody over there is claiming credit for it, whereas it may have just been a malfunction. I mean, helicopters fall out of the sky, you know, sure, especially military military helicopters, you know, government helicopters. uh, You know, I don't know. I don't know if they're maintained in the same meticulous fashion that uh, helicopters that uh, people own are. So, you know, my question uh, for the last 10 years to people, particularly people in my church, because um, the idea to me that Christians uh, could in any way condone war is just baffling since Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. But and, there's that one verse that says, I mean, and this is the this is one of the problems that I have with the Bible is it doesn't take a strong stand in too many areas except I'm the Lord your God and I'm a jealous God. Like it, it's got that why you, nailed why does down. Everyone who doesn't like the Bible quote the Old Testament. But I, I That's think he's the same got that. God, right? I think he's yes, got that. Yes, but but I, I like to say that the uh, the Old Testament is uh, is. Christ concealed, whereas the New Testament is Christ revealed. And as he said, I came and I fulfilled the law. And and um, so there is no more of this. The justice is no longer an eye for an eye, but that all have all penalties have been paid in Christ. And therefore, um, it, there's absolute liberty and that that it is not anyone's single job to. Uh, to punish or judge another. But, but you know that a lot of people are confused by uh, you know the, the different versions of Christianity out there. And one of the things that the army chaplains will often teach, it's like they've only got one verse really to teach, which is, um, I came not to bring peace, but to bring a sword. And the Prince of Peace you know, says that yeah, he's not where's here Where's to- that? It's in Matthew, I believe it's the tenth chapter. Um, but I really don't, uh, you know. I, I am not your, uh, you know. I, I'm not a preacher, right. but I do know that it's in Matthew, and he says that I came not to bring peace, but I came to bring, but but to bring a sword. And so, a he says he's not here to bring peace. I would assume somebody that says I'm not here to bring peace has come to bring the opposite. And second, um, in, in that 
the in context uh, the sword is called is the sword of truth. That's uh, they always say that, um, but he says it, I, I'm not sure that that's true in that context. I know that that's what people that want to uh, propagate well, we know peace what Jesus, will say. We know what Jesus did. We know that he didn't retaliate. Yep. And he says he says to feed and clothe your enemies. He said to turn the other cheek, and so love your neighbor as yourself. So those three things. People pretty much unanimously agree so, and give credit to him for saying that. Those are, so, yeah. so Christians do. But why, so, why did uh, Jesus reject um, the the word of his father? But he didn't reject the word of his father. But hold, but hold on. As far as for the purpose of discussing Christians in war, so here I would, you know, be having these conversations with people who claim to love Jesus and worship him, and yet. They will be the first ones to sign their kids up and and to vote for standing up as the as the great uh, democratic country and um, bringing democracy to the rest of the world and forcing it down their throats as well as um, blowing people up all in the name of of. Uh, well, that's because they don't really freedom. believe in um, you know Christianity as it was taught for the first thousand years, and it was taught for the first thousand years as a pacifist religion. The first three hundred years, it was a a uh, religion of rebellion against uh, the the state of Rome, um, and then you know it slowly got integrated. I and think it was taught religion, that until the church accepted the five hundred one c three status, actually, and then things really seemed to start getting muddled uh, well that much is uh that much very well may be true that's uh, certainly an, an issue that they can't talk about political things when churches have talked about political things for, for uh you know close to two thousand years but also pastors make an agreement that in the event that martial law is declared that they will um they promise to round up the flock. They don't have to, uh, no church has to register as a five hundred one c three. There's no law that says they've got to. But if they do, then they are, and they have to submit to these rules and regulations. Well, the government's going to try to the government's going to try to control everybody in every way that it can, um, no doubt about it. But you know the when it the fact is that these folks believe a different religion than Christianity was for the first thousand years. It's it's not Christianity as it was previously, and this is how every religion is. Um, you mm-hmm. know, uh, Islam isn't the same religion as it was in 600 A.D. But when you have people that are saying, you know, when, when you can talk to them and say, so do you believe that God loves everyone? Yes. Do you believe, you know, and so, so to go through this, this process and it's as though their mind just turns off oh, yeah. the second you talk about the war on terror. They can't understand that you can't have a war on ideology. They can't understand or comprehend that the murder of a million Iraqis is somehow, they'll, they'll claim that that's somehow just because 2000 uh, people were killed in the, the, World Trade Centers one and two, and um, just... I had um, I had a discussion with a, a Christian fellow this week um, via email, and essentially his point was that Muslims are bad, Islam is bad, and you can't have a good person that believes in this because they're all wackaloons, and the um, the religion supports violence against uh, infidels and all this stuff. And these things may very well be true. I don't think so because I I see how most Muslims, ninety nine point something percent of Muslims, operate in the real world, and they don't operate with swords and scimitars uh, trying to take people's heads off that don't believe. So therefore. 
either a what his um, his information is wrong or b they don't operate in the same way. I think that uh, when you if you saw an outsider looking at the Old Testament of the the Bible, they would say what an incredibly violent religion. But um, you know, as the case may be, it doesn't really matter one way or the other because if it's um, if it's true that Muslim that Islam is bad, then the only real solution for handling Islam as bad is to kill every man, woman, and child that looks like they might be a Muslim. At well, which point you create thing, more problems and, you know, I mean, this is a spiral downward. There's, there is no other solution than to treat these people like they're free and equal to you. Well, the crazy thing is, is prior to the United States bombing the crap out of the Middle East, you know, in the last 10 years, most of those countries had an open door policy with missionaries. You could go as a missionary, you could go into Iraq and you could take as many Bibles as you want and you could talk to everyone about Christianity. Not anymore. Hmm. So, well, Iraq was more of a secular regime. Um, and yes, so, but it's now closed the doors to well, missionaries. Now it's not. Now, right. now the United, thanks to the United States' involvement, um, there's more religious authority uh, going on in and Iraq. And it's going to go on in, in so Libya they, as well now. Right. And they create – this is what governments do. They often create the same – because governments can only use force – to solve their problems, they often create the thing that they're trying to avoid. You know, if you're trying to create a child that uh, behaves and the only thing that you use to, uh, you know, handle that behavior is spanking their butt all the time, then what you're going to get is a child that believes that using violence is the best solution yeah, to you, problems. Yeah, you can't get me to obey and behave if you spank my butt all the time. Occasionally. Occasional butt spanking yeah. you're good with? Yeah. Gotcha. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the take SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live, completely interactive program. You can call in and talk about whatever you'd like to talk about. Website's completely interactive, too. Go there and check out the website. You can link to stories that you find on the Internet. People will vote them up, vote them down. You can do the same with theirs. It's freetalklive.com. Jason, you had uh, something you wanted to talk about here? Oh, yeah. I, I ran across this really outrageous story uh, the other day on the interwebs. It's actually probably a couple weeks old. It was, uh, it was produced after the, uh, the recent hurricanes or the hurricanes. But basically the, uh, the federal— Hurricanes? Yeah, because it didn't, didn't really do much. Well, Here. it didn't—yeah, you've got to go up to Vermont and see what the place is destroyed. Well, I'm talking about the Keene area. I sh- you're okay. right. I should be more specific. Uh, uh, the go- the governor was talking about like having troops in the streets and preparing for everything. It didn't really do much here, but yes, it did do some flooding in Vermont. But I don't know what uh, all that would have happened if there had been soldiers and troops in the streets. They would have been washed away. Um, in, I mean, in Vermont. In Vermont or, oh yeah. yeah, like the destruction is is epic. So uh, the Palm Beach Poach Post has this story uh, headline: FEMA's use of the term "federal family" for government expands under Obama. And I'd just like to uh, to read it. This is by George Bennett. Uh, Don't think of the federal government as your federal family. In a Category Four 
torrent of official communications during the approach and aftermath of Hurricane Irene, the uh, FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, had repeatedly used the phrase, quote, federal family when describing the Obama administration's response to the storm. This is so Orwellian to me, the idea of using language to uh, describe the federal government as family. I do not think of these people as family. Uh, it would be an abusive family if they were family, um, but I don't know. I see more and more uh, signs that the, the government is a cult, just like we were talking about before, where you have a law enforcer turn into a prosecutor who puts on a black robe and becomes a judge and sits above everybody. I mean, it's weird. Um, it's weird. Uh, to continue, the Obama administration didn't invent the phrase federal family, but has taken it to new heights. Quote, under the direction of President Obama and Secretary Janet Napolitano, uh, who is a uh, homeland security. Big sis. The entire federal family is leaning forward to support our state. Now, she's, uh, by the way, she, she has uh, complained about this nickname, Big Sis, uh, that Drudge is uh, apparently using on her and that kind of thing. But if she's part of the federal family, there's no doubt that she's higher up in the rankings than we are. So isn't Big Sis the most appropriate name? It seems more fitting. That's a good point. Yeah. He's, she says, I don't think he means means it in a nice way well you know well, what should we call her ma'am mame yeah. mom yeah something For the queens that you call her mom right indeed the entire federal family is leaning forward to support our state tribal and territorial partners along the east coast a FEMA, a fema news release declared friday as irene churned towards landfall the g word or government has been nearly banished with fema instead referring to federal state and local quote partners as well as offices and personnel quote government is such a dirty word right now says uh, florida state university communications professor davis hawk so this is why they're not going to use it anymore <laughs> that's what he's speculating <laughs> they've 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 crapped in this bed they're going to try to build another one right yeah um yeah we failed here so hey we're your family um davis hook said uh, part of what the federal government does uh and any elected official does is change the terms of the language game into terms that are favorable to them and we know this i mean that's example is um arrest they use that instead of kidnapping um et cetera or like incarceration as opposed to um yep, holding somebody hostage they've got uh, names for everything that they do that uh, would otherwise be a crime if we did it and it's a different name right yeah. uh uh, family can evoke favorable thoughts of motherhood and security, but it can also conjure images of Big Brother and organized crime. The phrase federal family has been used in connection with FEMA at least as far back as 1999. Under federal, uh, I'm sorry, under President George W. Bush, FEMA officials sprinkled the alliterative euphemism into congressional testimony and statements. When former FEMA director Michael Brown promised to help uh, hurricane-battered Floridians in 2004, he vowed that the entire federal family is dedicated to staying for as long as it takes. During the Clinton administration, Vice President Al Gore responded to 1999 flooding in Iowa by pledging that, quote, the federal family is committed to providing the necessary resources to comfort every person and family devastated by this disaster and to help them return to norm their normal way of living as fast as possible. Now, um, so it says that the FEMA has used this as far back as 1999 during the Clinton administration. So maybe it was Al Gore that invented this phrase, which I wouldn't be surprised to hear. <laughs> um, a Google search. Well, he invented the internet. He so. did, right? Mm -hmm. A Google search shows that 
shows the phrase appearing 10 times on FEMA's website during the Bush years. Since Obama took office, quote, federal family has turned up 118 times on FEMA.gov. More than a 10 times increase there, huh? Including 50 Irene-related references, you know, just these last two weeks. Yeah, you get the impression that the memo's been sent out that we are the federal family now. Federal family. Uh, Okay, Uh, among them statements... I want a divorce. Sometimes the federal family needs to discipline (laughs) its members. I want a divorce and I want a name change and everything else. I want to opt out of this family. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You can if you you leave. The family owns the property, sadly. Mm. Uh, So they think. Uh, Among them, statements that the Obama administration is, quote, uh, committed to bringing all of the resources of the federal family to bear for storm assistance and that, quote, the entire federal family continues to lean forward to support the states and their ongoing response efforts. Um, the professor they mentioned earlier, Hawk, uh, doubts that the, quote, family reference will give the public a warm and fuzzy view of FEMA and the federal government. No, I don't think so. He says, that's that one is so blatantly obvious that I think people's rhetorical radar is going to go off. On the other hand, he says, if FEMA can come in and really do a good job, maybe that federal family thing would stick with the people on the ground. FEMA did not respond to a request for comment on Wednesday. <sighs> Does it make you feel better that the federal government's calling themselves your federal family now? Yeah. Do you want to extend your family to include the federal government? I think family's really an appropriate term for what <laughs> there they're doing. There you go. <laughs> I, really. Yeah. You know, if you don't do things the way the family wants you to do things, you're going to have some problems. Yeah, there's so many comparisons to the mafia that you can make uh, with government. I, you know, there there are almost no comparisons that you can't make to the mafia with the government, because Ex- the government is in fact the most successful gang in a given area. That's what the government is. Well, at Porkfest, it was uh, Emily Sambly that actually won um, Soapbox so Idol, yeah. and she that that's what she did. Like, that, what is it? Ten reasons the mafia is better than the government, and uh, what is it? They dress better, uh, and, and some other things. They actually keep their word. <laughs> I don't know. I some of those suits it seems kind of tacky to me, but whatever. You know, it, I, I I get the joke, and I, I think it's worth uh, worth repeating. You know, I find it creepy as heck that um, the government wants to be called the family, and then Janet Napolitano doesn't want to be called Big Sis. I I, I you know, where do we stop here? Is yeah. if this is the family, is Barack Obama my daddy? Yeah, I, I, I don't need my family to be as large as the federal government, and I have serious issues with uh, with what they do. So the, the 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 federal government has abuse issues. You know, yeah. I mean, they're they're really they're into that institutionalized. Well, there's you guys say federal, I say government. Other than self government, it has issues. But speaking of government and and Big Brother and family issues. Did you guys hear about the 12-year-old boy in Indiana who accidentally shot and killed his six-year-old brother? Oh, God. He, yeah, he picked up a rifle that he thought was a toy and went bam, bam, and, and shot his brother and killed him. And um, the judge decided that, that it, it was, it's not exactly um, murder, but that he knew better than to take the chance. And therefore, although he's not going, he was acquitted. So he was acquitted of murder. Okay. But um, he was convicted of a lesser juvenile charge of reckless homicide. So the There's solution a juvenile is, charge of reckless homicide. Okay. Right. So he's 12 years old and he's going to be um, most likely put in a juvenile detention center until he's 21. How can you keep somebody who's over the age of 18 in a juvenile detention center? He'll, um, he'll be in detention center until he's 18 and then remain on probation until 21. Huh. 
You know, I. But he was he wasn't convicted of the crime. It's weird. Well, he was convicted of some crime. I don't know. I mean, it's it's a tough thing to deal with. 855-450-3733. As a smoker, you know traditional cigarettes are unhealthy, and the taxes be the very beast stealing your freedom to smoke. That's why the Vapor Station offers an assortment of electronic cigarette kits. Each rechargeable, refillable kit is an effective, affordable alternative to smoking. No combustion, no tar, no foul, lingering odors, and no smoke, secondhand or otherwise. Just inhale pure enjoyment and exhale vapor. Take a puff just about anywhere without getting hassled. Get your e-cigarette kit now at VaporStation.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. It's Mark with you. And Jason. And Michelle. Haven't been doing that much this evening. (laughs) But we didn't do it two weeks ago at all. This time time you're getting her done. You you want the uh, full-time host? Let's get the full-time host out of jail. Uh, Ian's on uh, the Ian Freeman incarceration count-up is on day 31. I I was giving you a compliment. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, Doing my best. (laughs) You're doing great. I know that Ian's going to come back and I'm going to be like, Ian, why don't you take the night off? I'm going to hang out with Mark and Jason. Yeah. (laughs) Totally think Ian is better at this than I am. Are you tired of watching the value of the dollar plummet? Are you tired of banks charging you fees? Do you want to take back control of your own money? Take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized, anonymous internet currency, and it's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.org. It's WeUseCoins.org. I don't know if you've been watching the Bitcoin today, but it is, uh, um, as, as far as... Uh, going up bit by bit? <laughs> no, no. It's going down but dramatically. It's, is it? Uh, yeah, there was a big drop today in uh, sort of the value of Bitcoins. We were talking about uh, this 12-year-old who uh, shot his uh, baby brother by accident and... Uh, Let's uh, go to Chris in Indianapolis. Chris? Yeah, hi. Um, I was just trying to correct a little bit of your information. Uh, from the news reports here, it was a 12-year-old boy who shot his 6-year-old half-brother. Half-brother, okay. It was over a dispute over a uh, cleaning a room. Um, and uh, it, he knew it was an actual gun, and but he didn't. Supposedly, he told the court he didn't think it was loaded. But he actually didn't know it was a gun. Interesting. It's a really bad reason to point uh, point a weapon at somebody. So do you think that uh, sending him off to juvenile detention center for, what, uh, he's 12, six years is going to do anything to fix him? Or do you think it's a, more of a family issue? Um, I think that's kind of a family issue. I mean, he actually did something wrong. I mean, yeah. anybody who's a gun owner should know that you never point a gun at anything or anybody that you don't intend to defend yourself with. But um, I, I think a lot of it actually goes back to uh, he really wasn't educated in proper firearm safety, obviously. Sure. Uh, and that goes to part of it, too. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, I mean, this, this is going to sound really harsh and horrible, but Darwin has a solution for that. Right. Um, yeah, you can look at it that way. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, to me, it seems like a family issue. Everybody who needs to be punished here has been punished. I think that the parents, um, you know, this is. I mean, this has got to be terrible stuff for them. Um, and but at the same time, if you're going to have guns in your house, you're going to need you need to educate your kids on on those guns. And uh, you know, I yeah, that's um, that, that's one thing. I mean, I have two children in my house, so I'm an avid gun owner. And uh, I mean, 
I, I make my kids recite gun safety all the time, you know. And uh, another thing is, you know, you tried to keep guns inaccessible mm-hmm. to children, but everybody knows if a kid wants to get into it, he's going to get into it. So you, uh, you, I, my personal belief is you take educational purposes, uh, educate them to the point that they know how to use a gun, and and first of all. Make sure it's unloaded before you can pick up the gun. Yeah, well, maybe I'm, um, you know, the maybe I'm an unusual child, but there was a. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, you are. There was a gun in our closet the whole time I was growing up. I mean, I would move back the clothes sometimes and look at it. But I wasn't allowed to touch it, and that was the rule. If I touched that gun, it was going to be, I mean, you know, like, you know, it was going to be a really bad punishment, and I was uh, pretty much clear on that. There were times when uh, Daddy would take me out, and we could uh, we could shoot the gun, and that was, uh, you know, something that, that could be done. And we'd uh, put the earplugs in, and we'd go out, and we'd uh, shoot his little twenty two, and it seemed like a really big deal to me, and I thought it was exciting, but I never touched it. Now, I, obviously, every child's different. I'm not going to propose... Um, proposed they would but i never even considered touching it oh yeah yeah i mean i i grew up in a house full of guns and and that's an argument i have with a lot of people um is you know you you should lock them up you know your kids should never see them and and i'm a firm believer you know i, I didn't hurt myself or hurt anybody with a firearm when i was young because i was educated on how to use it i i knew the repercussions of what happened you know if i didn't Check well, and make sure it's unloaded. You know, if you know, you can take a you can take a pen, a ballpoint pen, and stab it in someone's, uh, you know, throat or eye, credit artery. Yeah, exactly, and kill them. So maybe we should ban all all pens. Yeah, and that's kitchen knives too, scissors. You know, uh, (laughs) especially talking to a lot of people. You know, that's you know, I look at gun. It's a tool. It's a tool made to do a specific purpose, whether that be home defense or whether that be hunting purposes or whatever. Uh, but it's the same thing as a shovel, you know, just because somebody beats somebody overhead with a shovel, you don't ban all shovels or you don't restrict the sale of shovels to, you know, anybody. You just, it's one of those things. And yep. uh, I, I think a lot of people need to understand that. Because if you have a gun, you're going to have to clean that gun. You've got to have it outside of the uh, of the safe at some point. And, um, and, and plus, the kid can get into the safe sometimes. I mean, they, they tend to hang around. If they're around yeah. year after year after year, they're going to figure out how to get into that safe. The I mean, the only line of defense is education. Really, the only line of defense with your kids and firearm is education. And, you know, having one and not teaching your kid about it, it's sadly sadly irresponsible. And that must have been what occurred in this situation. Or it's just one of those tragedies. And, you know, to think that we can somehow prevent all tragedies, I think think that's, you know, just not possible. Yeah, I don't have an answer, but what should happen to this kid? You know, the Um, the kid that shot his brother. You know, I, I... I really don't have an answer to that either. I mean, it's a it's a horrible loss, of course, for a young kid to for that to happen. But um, yeah, I I don't have an you know it's really hard for the judge to make that decision, and uh, you know uh, my heart goes out to him because I don't think I can make that decision on what to do. Yeah, but spending time in a cage is not going to bring uh, the the younger brother back. Um... It's just yeah, not going to provide restitution to the parents in any way. I don't that, feel like a twelve-year-old's really old enough to uh, to to you know make these decisions. He shouldn't have had that gun, and he shouldn't have pointed it. And there's no doubt about that. But uh, the state really only has a couple of choices: incarceration or fines. And neither one of those things is going to teach a twelve-year-old anything. Right. You know, I ran with some some kind of rough kids um, when I was a te- younger than a teenager, like eleven. Where'd you find yef, uh, rough 11-year-olds? Um, well, I was 11. They were a couple of years older. But, um, yeah, I lived in a small fishing town in Oregon that was pretty uh, 
badass. Okay. So, um, yeah, so the, uh, these kids, you know, we were just kind of doing pranks and, and acting like delinquents and, you know, um, shooting signs, you know, or, or doing, you know, that sort of thing, getting high and running around and ding, you know, ding dong ditching sort of like that sort of stuff at, at 11, 12, 13 and being obnoxious and bratty and, and irritating and, you know, that we were acting like jerks. And, um, but, uh, but for this, two of the boys were, um, sent away to McLaren boys ranch and, um, they, they were in there for a year and they came out at, uh, age 13 and 14 tattooed. And within six months, were needle users. Oh God! And um, stealing, mm-hmm. like hard crime stealing. And they have they have spent the rest of their lives. I'm what almost forty four, and they're a couple years older than me. In and out of prison. And now these were these guys. One of them was a professional um, uh, motorcycle racer at, at age thirteen, just before leaving to go to McLaren Boys Ranch. And they learned nothing other than to be uh, criminals in they, there. They got to meet a bunch of criminals. Yep. Chris, thanks for the calls. Appreciate it. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Do you have a proper punishment for this 12-year-old? Bitcoins. You can buy them and you can sell them. They're a great little commodity. You can accept them for your own products and services, but what do you do once you have them? Why you spend them, of course. SpendBitcoins.com allows you to spend them all in one place. From SpendBitcoins.com, you can spend your Bitcoins at major online retailers such as Amazon, Fishpond, Barnes & Noble, memory dealers, and more. When you want to spend Bitcoins, go to SpendBitcoins.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. Join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. Incorporate your business, create a will or a living trust, register a trademark, do your own patents. All these things, common legal documents that you can do with LegalZoom.com, empowering you, protecting you. It's LegalZoom.com. Use coupon code FTL to save $10 on your order. Again, at LegalZoom.com. Check out the archives. Uh, Free Talk Live gives you archives going back to 2006 for free. You can have uh, all the shows, the complete shows, going back to 2006 at archives.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Ed in Tennessee. Ed? How y'all doing tonight? All's well. Hey, I want to talk about the... uh shooting incident you just talked about and, and i reared my son and i had kids over all the time but i have never owned a gun i used to tell their parents they cannot accidentally get shot at my home you have to bring it there but anyway here's what here's what needs to be said about this there can be no crime without intent you know men's rea you have to have an evil mind why are you going to punish anyone especially a kid with no intent What's punishment going to tell this kid? 
he didn't he didn't have an evil mind. And, you know, as far as I know, or maybe y'all know. I mean, unless you know some, I don't. But, but we don't we don't know you that. Know what I mean? yeah. We don't. We One don't guy called in and said that he knew that it was a gun, but he didn't know it was loaded or whatever. But I but I still wonder if if right. a twelve year old could could know what the ramifications are of picking up a loaded gun. I just don't know that they do. I he, I don't know. This twelve year old boy also was the eldest child in the home and was oftentimes put in uh, had the responsibility of basically rearing his siblings and making sure yeah and stuff and so he had to make sure they you know kept their rooms clean did their homework and etc and um according to one of the other children would sometimes threaten them and um you know so i'm sure that was maybe maybe this kid is you know little satan but um but the, the thing is 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 i don't know we've people say lots of things you know if you don't if you don't do that i'm gonna Kick your tail, whatever. And one of those situations when you're talking about putting kids in charge of kids, this is very bad because kids don't listen to kids. I remember there used to be the teachers sometimes at school would say, um, you know, Michelle, you're in charge. And then it would be absolute (laughs) chaos because the person would be, you know, trying to yell and get uh, the class under control or whatever. And nobody listened to them because kids don't respect the kids as uh, their authority figure. Go ahead. So, wh- where were the, where were the parents? The, they, if you want to charge anybody, they should be charged for negligence. They, they have been charged with negligence. But what good is that going to do, too? Okay. You know, is really the the next question is. Well, then they should be watching their guns stuff. But it. Here's but what's the, the thing with the me, guns? Why not shoelaces it? and pens and scissors and kitchen knives? Guns anything are easier can be to used. kill people with. I mean, then then because uh, it's. How many times do you hear of scissors or kitchen knives being used compared with guns? And, you know, you're firing a projectile out through there. Okay, (laughs) the United States military (laughs) and government police force are responsible for more murders in the United States with guns. I'm not even talking about overseas, like the wars. Just the, the murders in the United States, more people are killed at the hands of police officers and their guns than non than civilians. I, I, uh, I don't know about that, but I would. I'd have to check I'm that not disagreeing with that either. But what I, here to me, here's a good way of putting it. Oliver Wendell Holmes said this: uh, back to the intent, men, you know, men's rare. There can be no crime without intent. Even a dog knows when he's being kicked or stumbled over. That's what I'm saying, and I'm pretty sure that kid, 12 years old, didn't didn't have an evil mind. So I'm going to kill my brother. But I mean, that's just what I think. But you know, like I say, you know, it's uh, it, it's unjust. To me, to punish actions, you know that are, are, are that don't have a criminal intent. Mm. That's that's my opinion on it. I don't I don't think we know that. I, mean, I don't think we know what the intent was really. Uh, I don't know with a twelve year old whether you can right. have okay. intent. Okay, and then it then I go back to the old legal maxim: it's better to acquit twenty guilty than to let one innocent suffer or be condemned. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a pretty merciful uh, approach. There are people that would argue from the opposite that um that it's better to sacrifice one innocent to um you know to protect all the others i mean that's kind of the approach the united states government has you know we're going to limit everyone's uh liberties in order to protect protect them right yeah, we're going to treat everybody as guilty yeah um but uh, did i hear speculation that the the gunplay was uh, to f- uh, get the younger child to clean the room is that clean his room yeah oh okay well i mean that the 12 year old sees examples of that all the time uh, in society where if you want if you're in charge yep. and you want somebody to do something well point a gun at them 
And then what do you do when they still won't do it? Well, you yeah, what else tragic, do you do? Made Once you've made decision. the threat, <laughs> right. what do you do if you don't follow through? And I'd like to get rid of those examples in society. I wish people would reject violence, but um, the kid would have would have seen it all the time if he has a TV or uh, or any awareness. And it's like we, like I was talking about earlier in Keene Central Square, there were threats made by um, Keene law enforcers who were wearing badges and you know had uh, pepper spray on them, and you know they were there just to tell people to stop using power. But you know, the threat was there, and they you know could come back and they could use weapons against people. I hate it. I hate uh, I hate violence in general. I mean, even the the mayor of uh, Mayor Bloomberg of New York City, you know, I don't know if you if you heard us um, talk about uh, the fact that New York is at heightened alert status with the 10 year anniversary of um, 9-11. And um, the uh, the mayor rode the subway down to City Hall to assure commuters that the city was prepared. And he's quoted saying, we don't want Al Qaeda or any other organization to take away the freedoms without firing a shot. So, so they, and, he, and he said, uh, so everyone, everyone, he's, he, he urged New Yorkers to go back to work and leave everything to the professionals. Well, that's really interesting about uh, Al-Qaeda taking away freedoms because George Bush said that uh, they hate us for our freedoms after they right. uh, <laughs> flew planes into 9-11. So doesn't that mean he's doing the work for terrorists uh, by, by right. taking away freedoms? Yep. Uh, Shaking people down to the subways and that kind of thing? Oh, he, he played uh, Bush and then played right into their hands because, you know, that, it's how the poor... Fight the super rich is the stuff that uh, Bin Laden was doing. You know, I, I read it cost five hundred thousand dollars to that scheme to hit the twin towers. And look, look what it's caused. Like you know, like you're saying the TSA, the uh, Patriot Act, Unpatriot Act, all that kind of stuff. But another thing, uh, have y'all ever seen the book or heard of Professor John Mueller? Yes. Uh, talking about overblown. You ought to see the odds on you dying of an international terrorist. Like I read in the Harper. Yeah, you- Six people died from terrorism. Americans died of terrorism. Yeah. Twenty-six or nine. Twenty-six died from lightning strikes. Right. Shark, shark bites. Coconuts falling that. in your head. I mean, you know, right. you'd have to get struck by lightning while a coconut was falling in your head um, <laughs> while being eaten by a shark. Really, to have the same hey, kind Mark, of. Hey, Mark. Let me let me leave y'all with that. Y'all, you, you three say you're for liberty. So the the old legal maxim: it's better to acquit twenty guilty than to make one innocent suffer. That's what our laws and stuff should be based on. Thanks, Ed. And I'll talk to you all later. Yep. Thanks, Ed. 855-450-3733. Let's go to Michael in Connecticut. Michael. Good evening. What's happening? Hi. Uh, you were talking about the um, uh, issue with the hurricane earlier, and I thought I'd uh, offer you a uh, personal viewpoint. I'm on the uh, Connecticut shoreline, and we got, uh, in the town I'm in, we got wrecked down here. Did you? And... You know, it's funny how people, you know, I was, you know, after what happened, you know, people, you know, I was talking to people about how, you know, you know, we need government to fix this. You know, people were saying we need government to fix that. But yet, you know, that same day when I walked, you know, I walked down to the beach, you know, people were civil to each other. People were helping each other. And, you know, it just proves that you just don't need the state to solve these kinds of problems, even in a disaster like that. Amen. Exactly. Absolutely. Half Michael. A mile from the shoreline, you know. Thank you, you know, for the call. 855-450-3733, Free Talk Live.
My name is Jacob Hornberger. I'm president of the Future of Freedom Foundation, which Congressman Ron Paul awarded for having an outstanding freedom website. Write us at FFF at FFF.org, and we'll send you a free three-month subscription to our monthly journal of libertarian essays and our booklet, Economic Liberty in the Constitution, which George Mason University economics professor Walter Williams praised in a recent column. That's FFF at FFF.org. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three, Sickle CAI call in line here on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, we talk about gold and silver all the time, acquiring it. It's uh, jumps in popularity. I know the uh, the stock market was down today. I didn't really take a look at what uh, gold and silver did, but usually that's something good for precious metals. Uh, they're kind of flat. Gold.freetalklive.com might be a good time to buy. Things could be going upwards. It's gold.freetalklive.com. And also amp.freetalklive.com. It is a way for you to support Free Talk Live and our mission, bringing the ideas of liberty to everybody we can find. If you uh, believe strongly in the ideas of liberty, amp.freetalklive.com allows you to support what, frankly, is got to be one of the most efficient uses of your liberty dollar. It's amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the Christian Anarchist calling in from Tennessee. Christian Anarchist? Hi, I heard you guys talking about Christianity earlier. Yes. And as usual, Mark, I have to call and straighten you out. Thank you. <laughs> Give it to him. So, I'm a Christian uh, anarchist, too, so so you know maybe you can straighten me out. Well, I don't think you need straightening out, but Mark does, <laughs> as usual. Now, Mark, listen, you, you make the same mistake that most people do when they criticize Christianity, or for that reason. Uh, you can also apply this to other religions, but of course I think Christianity is the correct one, so I'm going to, and for some reason or another, people want to pick on Christianity more than most of the others, I guess, but... It's the only one I know anything about. Yeah, well, it's also politically incorrect to pick on the others. Of course, Judaism, nobody dares touch that one. But, oh, you should have been on the chat earlier. They were picking on the Jews there. Well, they do it uh, on the uh, online chat forums, but nobody ever does it. Uh, well, so what would you like to see? Would, would you like to see yeah. uh, I'll people... go on a limb here, and I'll tell you that uh, Islam and Judaism are both silly. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, you make the same mistake that most people do, and that is that they look at people, and people make errors, and therefore they say God can't exist. Just because people who—what is Christianity? Christianity is people. It's people who believe in a set— uh, Christianity, set is about the, God. The, Christianity is supposed to be the uh, being a follower of Christ. But Gene, my criticism was um, the Matthew. Uh, Michelle said something to the effect of uh, Christianity is about peace, and my criticism was the verse in Matthew was uh, Jesus saying, "I come not to bring peace, but to bring a sword." So my, um, you know, supposition is is that Christians can extrapolate from that that Christianity is a religion about violence, if they wish. And the military uses that scripture. You they were do. saying yes, right. But my point is that Christianity is a group of people. Basically, sure. Who believe a certain set of uh, a certain dogma? Let's yep. say, and that there's a lot of variation within whole that bunches. Community, but the basic principle is that uh, God came 
in the form of Christ and provided a sacrifice for our imperfection. Now, because we're imperfect and because we are people, when you look at Christianity and you say, well, because Christianity has flaws, therefore God can't be right. But the flaws are there because the people are the ones that write the words down. The people are the ones that... you know, that uh, try to relay what I'm, happened. I'm told, uh, you know, when, when I was growing up and uh, going to a Christian school and uh, going to, to churches and all these things, I was told that God wrote the Bible and he wrote it through people, which I don't believe it's for God, a second. God breathed the inerrant word of Christ. The, un, of God. the unerrant word of God. The inerrant. Yeah. Okay. Inerrant. Um, if, if it doesn't, if it doesn't err, then um, the excuse that people wrote it isn't, it doesn't play. Right. Now, I think the different Christians believe differently on this. And if I were to uh, fall into a camp, I would say that the, the camp is that, uh, you know, that these people were inspired. If, if they, if they would claim to be inspired by God, okay, I'll give you that one. Um, I don't know how I could disagree with that statement, but to, to say that God, um, imbued them and that the Bible is his, um, inerring word, I'm not so sure I go for that. Well, of course, I believe that exactly, that what you just said, because the, certainly I believe these men that wrote all this down were inspired by God, but I don't believe for a minute that God wrote the things, him, you know, that took control of the man's hand and wrote the words down. It could have happened that way, though. But but you know, is I'm it the Word sure. of God, if, uh, if it wasn't inspired by God? It's the word of men who were inspired by God. But they don't sell it as that, do they? They sell it as the word of God. A lot of a lot of Christianity is exactly like you say. They they say that it is the unerring word of God, which, uh, quite frankly, I reject that, and I think most thinking people would, because uh, for one thing... I guess I don't think. <laughs> they're, well, they're translated, right? I mean, everything is translated. And my wife is Chinese, and I'm American, I speak. I grew up in English. She grew up speaking. Are you Chinese. from Canada or Mexico? Uh, I'm from the U.S. of A. Oh, okay. Whatever that is, whatever that fiction fictional character is, that's called U.S. of A. But anyway, that's a different argument. Well, right I think it's. I think it's great that you called in to uh, straighten Mark out on uh, on his uh, on his beliefs, and it was good talking to you. And hope you call in again soon. Appreciate it, Gene. We got a got a bunch of calls here. I want to get okay. through them. Thank you. Let's go to David in Wisconsin. David? Hey, uh, Mark, I, I really feel sorry for you when uh, all these people uh, give you a hard time because you're not a bad guy. Thanks. Yes, he I'm, is. He's I'm, a terrible guy. I'm the heel. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know the, no, you're un- the, butt. the Undertaker on WWE, the one that uh, they, they beat up on. That's That's me. If it makes you well, feel I, better, I, gotta, I flash I, him I, at, at least it's once. never happened. <laughs> She's lying to me. Flash what? <laughs> Cam.freetalklive.com. <laughs> Go ahead, David. Hey, anyhow, I got a, I got a quick story. I, uh, I'm a truck driver. I was in a rest area. I got a German Shepherd Thank dog. you for your service. He w- Excuse me? I just love, you know, because I'm of the opinion that truck drivers do so much more for America than the military does. And everybody wants to wants to uh, laud all over the military. And I'm just, from here on out, every time a truck driver calls in, I'm going to say thank you for your service. Go on. He's also pandering. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Anyhow, a quick story. Uh, uh, I got this German Shepherd. He wakes me up in the morning. He's got to go to the bathroom. And uh, so we go out and we go behind a truck that's parked illegally. And he's running around. And, uh, and there's nobody around but him and me. And so he's doing his business. So I'm like, well, hell, I'll do mine too. And all of a sudden, 
the guy that's got the truck that I'm behind comes around the corner and he's all offended. He's calling the cops on me. The cops, the state patrol shows up <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah, my dog was outside uh, doing his business and I happened to do mine too. And uh, I got this young guy here that's got a problem. And the cops like, I could give you a ticket. I could take you to jail. And I said, Mm, officer, look, <laughs> I didn't do nothing wrong, really. Yeah, I should have went over there, but I went over here, and uh, he let me go. Of course, I'm 46. He's about mm, 22. And, <laughs> it, and it was kind of touch and go for a little while, especially when he said, come out of your truck, please. <laughs> yeah, they love that. Well, uh, my my advice to you would be uh, not to tell officers that that you have done anything that yep. might be illegal. Would be my uh, bit of advice. But uh, other than that, I'm glad it turned out well for you. And uh, you know, I, I peeing outside. Well, actually, I think is. I love to pee outside. That's what saved me was by actually admitting what I did. No, because the guy, the the guy that was uh, outside his truck was waiting for me, and when the cop showed up. And he said, uh, we have a report of somebody urinating outside his truck. I said, well, I took my dog outside. And he goes, oh, it was the dog. And I go, I rolled my eyes. I go, yeah, the dog. And then while he was doing his business, I did mine. Oh, thank you for being honest. Uh, I'm not going to give you a ticket. Yeah. yeah. I'm, well, glad don't you, out, I'm so but he glad just that, as he didn't, that he didn't punish you for taking a leak. That's great. But he really could have. Yeah. <laughs> David, let me, uh, I appreciate the call. Let's go to Calvin in Colorado. Calvin? Calvin? Put Calvin. the bong down. Calvin going once. Calvin going twice. I, I just don't Good see how. Mark. Oh. <laughs> Boy, you, I was as close as I could be to clicking that button, Calvin. He almost turned you off. Well, that would be unfortunate. Real quick, you got about 20 seconds, bud. Oh, dude, I don't have enough time to get into it. Then. No, airline uh, security. Let me just have, say one little thing then. Uh, on your AMP program, I encourage all of the uh, podcast listeners, such as myself, uh, to sign up for that thing because it takes a show that is normally three hours and reduces it to two hours. So yeah, it's amazing down. that uh, that what 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 goes on talk radio for three hours can be condensed into a, a podcast in two hours. It, it, it just goes to show how much uh, commercial traffic. <laughs> well, the, the traffic, weather, and sports. I mean, people want oh, right. those things. All those all things are what make the, the world go round. And Calvin, I appreciate it. What do you feel you've gotten? What's the best thing you've gotten out of the AMP program? What's that? Saving an hour of my life every day when I listen to the show. Amp.freetalklive.com. But he's listening live tonight.